Good morning. So this morning we're going to continue stabilizing our attention on any one of the three anchors that we've been offering so far. Before we start to work with a specific anchor, let's just take a few moments to more fully arrive here. To arrive here in this room. In this body. In this moment, here and now. Bringing awareness to the body, sitting. Connecting with that felt sense that there is the body. The body sitting. By felt sense, I mean just that very simple knowing how the body is arranged. Even if your eyes are closed, you can know that the body is sitting, not standing, or in some other posture. Beginning by simply sitting, knowing that you're sitting. And if it helps to get a more tangible sense of that, you can bring awareness to your feet in contact with the floor. Perhaps sensations of hardness or pressure, temperature, warmth or coolness, texture. And you might notice the sitting bones in contact with the cushion or the bench or the chair. Again, perhaps some sensations of hardness or pressure, softness, warmth or coolness. Inviting the body to settle a little more fully into the support of the earth beneath you. Letting the weight of the lower body become heavy steady, stable. So that from this stable base, the spine can emerge just a little taller and straighter. Not forcing upright, but just inviting the body to Find this posture that naturally expresses uprightness and ease. Knowing the body sitting, 
any sensations that might arise anywhere throughout the field of the whole body. If you wish to use the breath as your anchor, tuning into the rhythm of the breath for a few moments. Just to see if this morning it might be a suitable anchor for you. Letting the awareness rest very lightly on that simple knowing of breathing in, knowing of breathing out. Or if the sensations are clearer in the belly or the abdomen, you might know the rising and falling. Not trying to change the breath in any way. Just staying steady steady with a simple rhythm of breathing in and breathing out. If you are choosing to use the experience of hearing as your anchor, simply settling back and receiving the experience of any sounds that arise, stay for a moment and then pass away. You become aware of a sound you can know hearing, hearing for as long as the sound lasts. Sounds outside the room or inside the room, perhaps at times inside your own body. No need to follow the sounds or identify what they are. Simply knowing hearing. (coughs) Hearing. Hearing. At times your awareness might know the absence of sounds. Small moments of silence. Choosing one of these three anchors. And whenever the attention wanders away from the anchor, 
With a smile, you can simply begin again. Gently return the awareness to the body, to the breath, or to sound. It's likely that there'll be times when the mind goes into a more extended phase of thinking. When it does that and you recognize it, that moment of recognition is mindfulness. Celebrate the fact that the attention came back. You might also notice when you bring the awareness back, the effects of thinking on the body. Often it creates subtle or not so subtle tension. So you might take a moment just to check and there's been some longer phase of thinking. Noticing the small muscles of the face. There's a slight frown. Or the eyes are slightly scrunched. Or the mouth slightly pursed. And inviting any tension in the face to soften and release and relax. To help steady and stabilize the mind. Continuing like this in silence now.
just a couple of announcements. As you'll have seen on the board, we've got the invitation for those who would like to check to take the eight precepts. So I wanted to give just a little bit of context about that so you can make an informed decision about whether that's something that feels supportive for your practice or not. So with this list of the eight precepts, the first five that we all are taking are the most important because they really underscore our commitment to non-harming in various ways. And in the spirit of generosity that I mentioned on Wednesday afternoon, in the Buddha's teachings, this commitment to non-harming is also seen as a form of generosity. He talked about it often as a great gift. And he presented this commitment to the five ethical precepts as the gift of non-harming in the form of the gift of fearlessness, which to me is an interesting connection. When we commit to these precepts, we're protecting others from fear of being harmed by us. But he said, we ourselves gain a share in that gift because we don't have to fear being caught out, being shamed, being blamed, being punished, and so on. So taking the five precepts itself is an act of a beautiful expression of generosity. One that really strengthens our ability to live together here in this temporary community, live together in harmony. And then in many many Buddhist traditions, there's uh, an invitation when lay people go on retreat to take an additional three precepts, which you will have seen on the sheet if you're not familiar with them. And these, not so much about ethics, but more a refinement in terms of relinquishment, renunciation, voluntary simplicity, which uh, for some people is supportive of their meditation practice. So in offering these extra precepts, we do it as an option for people to experiment with if it feels supportive. It's not that it's something we should be doing or it's a higher level of practice. In fact, for some people, it might not be uh, supportive, especially if you have any health challenges, uh, then choosing only to eat twice a day might not be the best thing for you. So this first one is around food. It's undertaking the training to not eat at improper times, which in this context means not not eating after the midday meal. And not taking food. In this, uh, different Buddhist traditions hold the definition of what constitutes food slightly differently. I'm not going to go into all the different nuances right now. But here, for this retreat, for our purposes, we mean solid food. So uh, every evening, the kitchen will put out hard candies and non-sugar candies on the back table, if you choose to take this precept. And then in terms of things like milk or non-dairy milk in drinks, uh, it's okay to have a splash of that in your drink if that's what you normally do, but not to be drinking a whole cupful of milk because then we're starting to use it more like food. And just to say, if you do decide to take the precept, it's not a permanent commitment. You don't have to do it for the entire rest of the retreat. So if you 
take it on, you try it for a few days and feel like it's not supportive of your practice, then you can drop it and just let the kitchen know. So again, they can adjust the food tally. So the second one is, uh, I have to just check the actual wording for a moment. It's about refraining from dancing, singing, music shows, the use of garlands, perfumes, cosmetics, adornments, and ornaments. There's not too much option for those first ones here, being about entertainment. And because we're in noble silence, we've handed in our devices. There's not a lot that we can do in terms of entertaining ourselves. And just to be clear, in taking these precepts, it's not saying that these are things in our ordinary life that are wrong or bad. In the context of a retreat, we undertake them because, as you know, we're trying to steady and stabilize the mind so that we can see clearly. And even fairly minor forms of entertainment can create ripples of reactivity that uh, are counterproductive to clear seeing, to insight. So the second part of this precept is also about simplification, letting go of conventional ways that we might beautify ourselves through jewelry or fragrances, cosmetics, and so on. And for some of us, this can be a real relief, not to have to spend time in front of the mirror every day and thinking about our appearance and how we want to present ourselves. So it's more about those extra forms of adornment, It's not about if we're wearing wedding bands or engagement rings or mala beads, uh, that's fine. It's more about letting go of non-functional, non-necessary ways that we might try to make ourselves more attractive. And then the third one about refraining from using high and luxurious seats and beds, maybe a little more straightforward. There aren't, as far as I know, too many high and luxurious beds here. Still, sometimes when they hear, people hear this, they think, does it mean we're supposed to sleep on the floor or uh, give up our inner sprung mattresses? Because there weren't, obviously, inner sprung mattresses in India at the time of the Buddha. So I got curious about what is the benchmark in the original suttas, and I found a couple of descriptions of high and luxurious beds, just to give you some context. One of them says, talks about somebody who wasn't very skillful sleeping on a costly bed scented with sandalwood carvings with a well-washed coverlet, beautiful, spread with a woolen quilt, brand new. And somebody else slept on a bed spread with a white blanket, spread with a woolen coverlet, spread with a flower-embroidered bedspread, covered with a rug of deer skins with a canopy overhead, on a sofa with red cushions at either end. So I haven't noticed anything like that around here, so (laughs) I think we're pretty good on the not high and luxurious beds. And likewise, our seats. Obviously, there's no reclining lazy boys or anything like that here. So again, the principle, the spirit of it, is just to notice where we're um, getting caught in making ourselves extra cozy or comfortable, making things more complicated than they need to be. So in a few moments, we're going to be taking all eight precepts together. Um, All of us will do the first five, and then those who want to can continue with the next three. 
We're going to try and do this on a regular basis on what are traditionally known as the Uposita days. Um, in Buddhist tradition, these are synchronized with the lunar phases, so the new moon, the full moon, and the two quarter moons. And by fortunate coincidence, today happens to be the full moon day, so that feels auspicious. And as we take these, you might reflect that as we're doing it here, there are millions of people around the world who are also recognizing this as an Uposita day and making a similar commitment to live more skillfully, to live more in alignment with their deepest values, cultivating wisdom and compassion. So let's chant the refuges and precepts together. Namo tasa bhagavato arhato samma sambuddhasa Namo tasa bhagavato arhato samma sambuddhasa Namo tasa bhagavato arhato samma sambuddhasa Buddham saranam gachami, dhammam saranam gachami, sangam saranam gachami, dutiyampi buddham saranam gachami, dutiyampi dhammam saranam gachami. Dutiyampi sangam saranam gachami Tatiyampi buddham saranam gachami Tatiyampi dhammam saranam gachami Tatiyampi sangam saranam gachami Panati pata veramani sika padam tamariyami Adinadana veramani sika padam samariyami Abramacharya veramani sika padam samariyami Musawara veramani sikha param samariyami Sura nerya majapamadatana veramani sikha param samariyami Vikala bhojana veramani sikha param samariyami Nacha gita vadita visukadasana malaganda vilepana dharana mandana vibhusanatana Veramani sikha padam samariyami Uchasayana mahasayana Veramani sikha padam samariyami Idam me silam 
Magapalanyanasa Pachayo Hotu. Thank you. Just one more announcement. In this, at the end of this session in the mornings, there's an invitation to offer us written questions each day that we um, will choose one or two to answer. So if you have a question come up, there'll be a bowl or basket in the foyer and you can write your question either the night before or first thing in the morning. And whoever's leading the session in the morning will choose one or two to answer. Depending on the volume of questions, we're not likely to be able to answer all of them. So if you do have a burning question that doesn't get answered, there's always the fallback option of meeting with your interview teacher. But if you'd like to offer us a question, we'd be happy to try and answer them. And... And another option to have your questions answered, Devon and Dawn will be offering sign-up interviews this afternoon. So again, check the board. There'll be a place there where you can sign up. Okay, enjoy your day of practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.